Today's episode of the Spot Track Recap is brought to you by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. Believes in empowering professional athletes and all entertainers with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more today. Go to morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. And on that note, I bring in Scott Allen, the other Spot Track guru here. Very Morgan Stanley week in Spot Track. I don't know if you saw this, Scott, uh, the John Ross injury with the Bengals. John Ross to the IR, Stanley Morgan promoted from the practice squad. So <laughs> there's officially a Stanley Morgan in the NFL. So that's a nice, that's good karma for this show. All right. A couple of quick topics. Uh, end of the week here. Uh, you know, let's start with the NFL. The NFL pays. And uh, boy, this guy got paid last year and it's the way of the land now. He's not happy. And it appears, I mean, he's not going the, uh, I'm not wearing this helmet <laughs> crazy yet, but uh, another wide receiver appears to not be happy where he is and wants out without saying it. Stefan Diggs, Minnesota Vikings, that, that team is, appears to be on the downslide. The Kirk Cousins deal appears to be a nightmare. And for all intents and purposes, I'm, I mean, Diggs got a monster deal. Diggs got five years, $72 million, half of that guaranteed. It was a healthy signing bonus up front, so they've already paid him a ton of cash. Uh, getting rid of him is going to be hard, both from a football standpoint and a business standpoint, but you got to be expecting that Minnesota can get a be- decent pull for this, right, Scott? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, yeah, the, rum- uh, the rumors top, are out there, top, right? <laughs> yeah, top top elite kind of wide receiver, kind of game changer for some of those teams that need wide receivers with all these guys that are going injured. Well, let's start right uh, there so- because if whenever the Patriots have a need and they have a need here, then everybody sort of gets involved, right? It's kind of like when, when, the, when, the, when the best team says, yeah, that guy's interesting, all the other teams sort of have to follow suit, right? So we're hearing right. all the AFC teams are in, essentially. They're all in. And it starts with the Patriots, and that makes a ton of sense. Um, we've seen New England give up a first for a wide receiver before, Brandon Cooks, recently, um, which you know worked out to some degree. But Brandon Cooks was on a fifth-year option, basically a rental, right? This... Uh, this is a legitimate contract. I mean, you're talking 12 million a year for the next four years. So, I, you know, is the price tag, are we talking Cleo Mack? Are we talking two firsts here? Mm, I mean, if you're New England with their timetable, uh, with however many years Brady has left, you may want to, especially with what has happened with the Antonio Brown situation. And, you know, if you want to gun for another championship here they they may pull that trigger especially with how they've been wishy-washy on their their draft picks in the past year so uh, they they seem to like working through trades no question i just i can't imagine they give up that price for anybody truly um they're you know they're just a they're a build by depth they really don't make splashes like this and especially in the middle of the year so i i mean look we're 26 days from the trade deadline i imagine the patriots will wait right i, I imagine We'll get closer to that deadline and see what happens. Who knows? I mean, you know, you're right. Injuries drive deadlines here. So a big injury this week, maybe one tomorrow night, for instance, you know, Rams Seahawks. It, all of this could change instantly if if a team that thinks they can contend needs a number one wide receiver. Certainly the Patriots are that team right now. Um, we'll see. I like San Francisco for this for this kind of a move. I think they are maybe on the, on the cusp of being good. They're in a division I think they can compete in right now. So... You know, and and they've got assets. I mean, they've been tanking for years, maybe not even by purpose, but they, uh, you know, they've got cap, they've got assets built up here. Um, not a terrible idea for them to consider consider Stefan Diggs, especially over a couple of years here. This isn't isn't just a rental move. So um, it's big numbers. I tweeted it out today. 
Um, it's about 15 million of dead cap for Minnesota because of that bonus. Um, if they did it this week, that gets higher as they pay him, right? So the, the more salary they, they pay him on a weekly basis, the higher the dead cap, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, no matter what, if he's traded this year, um, that's 9 million of dead cap next year for them. So that's, you know, that's not for nothing. That's, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow, especially if the wheels do fall off and you've still got a year, a year guaranteed on Kirk Cousins and you're still, and you're trying to rebuild this thing sort of on the fly. I'm, I'm, it, this may, if they do this, it's almost a signal that that offense is getting rebuilt. So, um, do they do it? I'm not sure. Financially, it's certainly doable, but it'll be difficult with as much money as left. So, we'll uh, keep an eye on that for sure. Switching gears a little bit, baseball season, right? Base, the, the second season of baseball, baseball playoffs. It's a it's a wide range financially that we've got in, got in this uh, this postseason, ranging from, you know, not the number one team, right? The highest payroll didn't make the playoffs this year. In fact. The highest two payrolls didn't make the playoffs. Boston Red Sox, Chicago Cubs. The Yankees were third. They did, they're obviously in. They play uh, this week. Dodgers are fourth. They're obviously in. Um, many think those are the two favorites. I think the Astros have something to say about that. Look at those. There's four teams in the top seven of payrolls that are in the playoffs. Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinals, Astros. Nationals are eighth. Uh, Braves are 14th. So you're talking about six teams in, uh, of the 10 in the postseason in the top 15 of payroll. So, you know, it paid to play. It, 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 you essentially got what you paid for this year to some degree. And then we got the flip side, and we saw that that game last night. We saw the the ultimate money ball game in Oakland versus Tampa Bay. Um, look, Tampa Bay can play. They've been playing for three years now. This isn't a fluke. Um, they sort of had their Justin Verlander moment this offseason where they, they made a splash trade where they got uh, Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows from Pittsburgh somehow because apparently Pittsburgh's tanking more than the Tampa Bay <laughs> Rays are financially. Um, so they got a legitimate starting pitcher, a legitimate uh, out- hitting outfielder, and also paid a little money for Charlie Morton. Um, that, he's the only player on their team making a dime. I mean, it's everybody else is on nickels and pennies right now for Tampa Bay. Their, their total payroll this year was $63 million. The 25-man roster they put out last night was worth $49 million. Um, incredible numbers for a team that won 90 plus games again, and they're in position to win. I mean, they're going to play Houston now. That's a tall order, but look at, they've got three legitimate starting pitchers in Morton in Blake Snell and in Tyler Glasnow, and they can hit the ball. We saw, I mean, we saw people you probably have never seen before last night hit home runs. So, mm-hmm. um, Quite, quite a series to start this off. I, I love that the money ball aspect of, of this exists. And we've seen this now for a few years. I mean, going back a couple of years when the Mets were in the series against Kansas City, that Kansas City team had nothing. They had a terrible, you know, they were built on a bullpen, which at the time cost them nothing. They had almost no starting pitching. And a lot of those, those uh, position players were, you know, making nickels still. So we, we've seen this kind of ramp up over the past five years. And it's, it's database, right? I mean, this is about analytics. Yeah, and the, these teams are fun too. I mean, watching those Rays and hitting those home runs, and even the Nationals uh, in the sure. first game. I mean, th- those 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 teams are fun to watch. And I mean, now that we're getting into the uh, best of five series, I mean, I think we're in for some really awesome baseball let's, here. Let's stay in the Nationals quickly here because the Nationals, uh, you know, they've been here before. We've seen them be one and done quite a bit here. There's a difference now, isn't there? I mean, you, and you're you're sort of in that proximity right now. You're living in mm-hmm. Virginia here, so I, I know you hear about this all the time. But there's a <laughs> there's a big name missing from the the Nationals lineup this year. And oh, by the way, they get through the wild card round, and that's Bryce Harper, who didn't make the playoffs. So 
look at it, it, it. Washington decided to turn young. They had the youth sort of banked up in Juan Soto and, and, and Robles and a couple other players like this. And it paid, it's paid off all year. This is a team that started off awful. And, and you can understand that with a young team who was still sort of, you know, getting their legs and figuring this out. But man, they made a heck of a run August, September, and they might be the hottest team in baseball right now heading into this, into this division round. So can't sleep on them at all. They can hit the ball out of the ballpark. They can play some small ball. They've got speed um, when they need it. So you're right. It is fun because you don't just have certainly the Yankees in the twins series is going to be all about the home run. I mean, historic numbers. The, the, The twins hit 307 home runs themselves. Yankees were way up there, broke tons of records. I mean, those are two mashing teams right now. So if you're a home run fan, you're going to be watching that series, you know, as closely as possible. But it's a dichotomy of, uh, of payrolls and a dichotomy of style of play in this postseason right now. So it's going to be a fun watch. We'll see where it gets to. How about, uh, how about quick picks here? What do you think? World Series. Um, I'm taking the Astros yeah. to, win, to win it all. All the way through? Astro- Against the what? Dodgers? Braves? Yeah, Dodgers. I Do- think it's going to be Astros-Dodgers, but I think Astros, uh, between pitching and a combination of small ball and long ball uh th- they're gonna take it yeah th- that pitching uh really needs to get more attention <laughs> i'm not sure we've seen a verlander garrett cole zach grinky postseason rotation ever have we ever i mean that is that is historic I- and it's maybe it's not fair to put garrett cole in that conversation from a longevity standpoint but he's having an unbelievable year i mean an unbelievable year and he's neck and neck with Verlander for this Cy Young. Their numbers are eye-popping, and it's unbelievable that they're on the same roster right now. So you're going to have to you know, climb over a big wall to get through the Astros anywhere, especially in a long series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, do, I do side with them in the AL, but on the, on the NL, I'm going to stick with the Braves. The Braves have sort of been the sleeping giant all year. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a wide-open Mets fan here, so I see plenty of Braves, and I've seen, <laughs> I've seen the Braves kill the Mets for a lot of years. Uh, but this year was different. It was almost like they were, they, they it was like it was Patriots like, where they had the, the 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 foot halfway on the pedal all year. You know, they had their mm-hmm. injuries. They had a couple of runs. You know, they had a couple of big big games that got some note. But for the most part, you sort of forgot about them. And then you looked at the standings, and they and they were 15 games ahead of everybody else. And um, I just wonder if they're they're ready to wake up and just explode in this postseason. So I uh, I like that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, they. They killed the Nationals as well. So I they mean, did. if for some reason yeah. the Nationals get through the Dodgers and they end up against Atlanta, I mean, I almost would have to side with Atlanta as much as I would like to see the Nationals get there. I mean, Atlanta has had their number all season, even in you know when the Nationals needed to win certain games, the Braves were there and they were pounding them and pounding them. So I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think the only downfall is the they are built – around a ton of youth, especially in the pitching rotation. So, you know, where the Dodgers have experience here, clearly, uh, I mean, with the Kershaw, Walker, Buehler, you know, Ryu and a few more arms mm-hmm. they can throw out there. You know, th- these Braves pitchers don't have the postseason experience and that matters. So we'll see. I, uh, I do like the way that lineup looks, though. It's uh, if it's not this year, it's going to be, you know, next year and for, for years to come, I think, in Atlanta. That's a that's a nicely built roster. All right, back to football for one big finish here. Um, boy, we, we crank on this position so much, and I hate to do this, but, you know, we're, we're a quarter of the way through the NFL season, and we got to talk running backs real quick. Um, just because it's, you know, the proof is in the pudding when you, when you break numbers out like this. I, I, 
look at the, you know, we track production points, we track stats, you know, we do as much as we can to sort of keep up with, you know, you know, that the actual values of these players. And if you just take the top 20 rushing yards, okay, that's all I'm looking at. I'm not looking at catches, attempt. I'm not doing any of that. Just give me rushing yards, top 20 right now through four weeks. Uh, no surprise that Christian McCaffrey's at the top of this list. But the surprise here is, if you look at this list that I'm going to tweet out here after this show posts, there's just no reason to pay ever, 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 ever. I mean, I mean, even Christian McCaffrey's first round contract comes with a $4.3 million average salary, which it's high. It, that's a high salary right now for any running back. I mean, the, Delvin Cooks make, makes $1.6 million a year. He has one less yard than Christian McCaffrey rushing wise. And he's averaging six a carry, Delvin Cook. I mean, the, Nick Chubb is making one point eight million. Why? Why would you give these guys a second contract? Why would you ever do it? Marlon Mack seven hundred four thousand dollars. Derrick Henry's. I feel, I feel like Derrick Henry's been in the league forever. He's still on a rookie contract worth one point three million a year. I mean, it's just it, it doesn't make sense to me. I can't imagine that as these years progress and these numbers stand out like this. I mean, you've got five guys that have have over three hundred yards rushing right now. And only one, Leonard Fournette, makes more than $5 million a year. That's it. And he's on a rookie contract. He was drafted high in the first round, which I, I, we've talked about it before. I don't think that's going to happen anymore either. I mean, unless the, the, a hype like Saquon Barkley gets so high during, you know, during pre-draft that these guys have to get into the top 10, why would you ever do it? Why would you ever pay a running back top 10 draft money, let alone veteran contract money? So I, where are your thoughts with this? I mean, are you, are you sick of hearing this? Do you think it's, um, you know, minutia because the cap is growing so much? You should just be able to pay everybody. I mean, where, where's your head with this? Because I, I'm sort of sick of talking about it, but I, I, I really can't. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where, it, the, you know, the, the inverse is always the, the, the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that sweet spot, and I think uh, Paul or Kevin may have said it on Tuesday, that sweet spot is sort of falling in that third round, fourth round pick for right. running backs now where you want that value, but you don't want to pay uh, a first or second rounder that that higher valued money because it's not paying out necessarily, especially from a, a a value standpoint. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think the running back situation is beating a dead horse in a sense, but it's the elephant in the room as well. I it, mean, of course, it, we're, we're seeing guys next man up, next man up, especially with all these injuries that keep coming through. Like we said, with the wide receivers, um, you're, you're hearing guys that you've never even heard of, especially from a fantasy standpoint. So I, I think as far as uh, drafting that third, fourth round is that sweet spot. I mean, the, the one that sticks out, I, I believe Alvin Kamara was a third rounder, if I remember correctly. Um, I mean, yep. those guys, you, you can get those those draft picks in that spot and get the production out of them for four years at a really – a relatively low amount and then let let them uh, go let them go sort of All like right. um let me jump in uh, there let me jump in there scott because i'm glad you brought up tuesday because we did talk about this from a from the other side right the, the the 30 plus age guys who are still producing isn't this going to be cyclical 
isn't there going to be a point if everything we're saying is true and there's no way it's not true? I mean, we saw what I think four running backs taken early in the third round this year. It's not that teams are getting it. Teams understand that, you know, that's the money line right now for where you where you get a new a new running back that, you know, you can lock in at absolute cheap premiums. Um, but let's say what we're saying is correct. And Elvin Kamara doesn't get paid. And, you know, Leonard Fournette doesn't get paid. And. Marlon Mack eventually doesn't get paid and and the list goes on and on. What's going to happen? They're all going to be available in free agency. And what's going to happen in March? Teams are going to snatch them up on the cheap, one, $2 million contracts, right? Maybe, maybe a touch more three to 4 million based on the cap, but isn't it going to be cyclical? Isn't it it then going to turn into, well, I can get cheap free agents because you know, why would I, why would I waste a second or third round draft pick on a running back when I can get one for $2 million? If if the running back's position is truly devalued, that's where it'll end up. It'll end up as draft the draft a third rounder, run them into the ground for four years, and then mm-hmm. go find one in free agency for a million dollars for three years, right? And that's a seven right. year, that's seven years of running backs right there. So, I I, I think that's going to be it right there. I think guys will get their careers, but they'll never get paid. Ever. I mean, they'll get, they'll no, get two million in, off their rookie contract and maybe three to four to five million more off a veteran contract. That's it. I mean, I think a great case study is DeMarco Murray. I mean, he yeah. with, with Dallas Cowboys, then he went and got paid from Philly, but he only made it through a year of Philly and then they released yeah, him. And then uh, so I think he's a great case study where he was the guy of, all right, do do we pay them or do we do we pay him or do we let him go? And they let him go, and yeah. now they've got Elliot. And uh, but I think that's a great case study for what you're talking about. Well, we'll see. Right, we'll see what happens with Zeke Elliott here. It's a big deal because obviously Gurley's contract has not held up, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can say it's not fair to say that, but because of injuries. But that's what we're talking about here. I mean, that's everything with the running back. Of course, these guys are going to get injured, so that has to be the you know more than fifty percent reason never to pay these guys. So, I I just wonder. I, I wonder if you know that seven year career will happen, but these guys won't even make ten million dollars. I, I think we're getting to that point, and it's something we're going to watch closely because. You know, we'll we'll look in four more weeks where this top 20, you know, maybe we'll expand this out and throw some receiving yards in there as well to make it a little bit more, uh, you know, a little less jaded. But we'll keep on this. But I can't imagine that. Obviously, Gurley's not going to be up there, you know, with his 14 million. He's never going to be in the top five this year based on his usage so far. Um, You know, David Johnson, maybe, you know, Zeke's seventh right now in rushing. I I don't know. I, I mean, these guys need to be way, way, way up. In the in these stat categories, to make anybody think twice, you know, think again about paying. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, that's just how it works, right? Like Patrick Mahomes, we talk about him making forty, forty-five million a year. It's because statistically, and in, and with the intangibles, he's that far ahead of every other quarterback in the league right now. I, I can't. Can we really say that about Christian McCaffrey? He's great. He's great, but uh, I don't know. I like Nick Chubb too, don't you? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. I don't, I, it's so tough when statistically and from a production standpoint, everything's so tight yet. You want there to be a $17 million running back next to a $500,000 running back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll keep on it. All right. That's going to do it for this week's recap. We'll be back on Tuesday with the, uh, with the normal crew and a little longer show. And, uh, want to thanks to Morgan Stanley for our, uh, 
long time sponsor now, man, it's been like six months with these guys. We're uh, appreciate that a lot. Morgan Stanley global sports and entertainment, empowering professional athletes and all entertainers with the knowledge they need. Learn more at morganstanley.com slash G S E for Scott Allen. I'm Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening. <laughs>